And before we are starting with the meditation, please bring to mind, you know, why are you practicing? Why have you come here today for this meeting and why are you meditating? Just to bring that, uh, what we are doing right now into the bigger context of our lives and of our aspirations. And then becoming aware of the whole body sitting and breathing in and breathing out. And then allowing the mind to rest on the body just as the body rests on the cushion, just very naturally. And also being aware of uh, that we are all together in this today. We are connected. in the mind maybe just becoming aware of the uh, feeling of gravity which keeps us uh, connected to the earth, to the planet, you know, keeps us rooted where we belong. the earth element underneath us and the earth element in our bodies in particular you know the bones and the nails and the teeth the structure the hardness of the body and earth element internally earth element externally is exactly the same There's a constant exchange happening. You know, we take in earth element as food and then we let it go, go to the bathroom. Constant exchange with all elements, but now particularly we, you know, relate to the earth element. You know, this planet which has seen so many tragedies and so many joys, so many different creatures in times of 
great devastation and times of great abundance and quite sometimes you know before great abundance came about there was a time of devastation and then bouncing back again that's you know how evolution behaves contractions and expansions and it's not necessarily getting better but it's getting more complex and then it's greater complexity seems to you know produce greater sensitivity and capacity for experiencing and as you know, as homo sapiens we have that uh, opportunity to experience consciously and meditation is an art and a science you know which is there to really develop that capacity we have to its greatest height by you know breaking through many layers of uh, ignorance which we tend to project onto our experience <coughs> So, you know, we have this uh, quite sophisticated equipment of a reflexive mind. But then also we have the emotions, you know, and the quality of our hearts, which we have to lighten up before we can really use the capacity of our minds in the right way. So they are very interconnected, the heart and the mind, and then the Thai language, it's it's one word, chit. It means heart and mind. They don't have two words. And in the Pali language chitta for the heart and then there is a word for the intellectual mind, mano. So the body, which is made out of the elements, is the first foundation of mindfulness. And then the next level is the feeling tone. How do you feel right now? Pleasant, unpleasant or neutral?
gives us like a snapshot of what's happening right now for us. It drives us, but it's often unconscious. So that's why it has been made into the second foundation of mindfulness because it has such a big uh, influence on us, the pressure of feeling. You know, sometimes we already have said something, have eaten something, have done something, not knowing, you know, we were propelled by the feeling. We just couldn't stand that feeling. We had to do what the feeling, you know, wanted to um, propel us into the future. Instead of just noticing the feeling and being with the feeling and then making a choice, you know, if that action is taking us in the right direction or not. So that's why meditation is really so eye-opening because it shows us what really motivates us. And the feeling is at the root of that. And then the next foundation is a mind state, state of the citta, the hard mind. You know, the feeling, tone creates a mind state. And that mind state is the lens through which we see, look at the present moment. And if it's unconscious, then it creates a lot of stories about the present moment. Just adding something on top of what's happening. You know, not allowing life to speak for itself, but just adding our personal coloring to it. which is okay, but if, if it goes unnoticed, it creates a lot of complications. So body, feeling tone and mind state. Just, you know, taking note what what is it for you right now? What are you bringing to this moment? How are you relating to this moment? And then you know also remembering the your aspiration, why are you doing this? So what fits in here? You know, if you want to 
embody your aspiration in this lifetime, what's the right response? Is it wholesome, you know, to act on this mind state or to act on this feeling? Or is it better to just hold it in play and let it just do its thing until it ends? Then there we have the fourth foundation of mindfulness, which is uh, tamas, with a with a lowercase d. Tamas means phenomena. It's it's often like explained as a you know principles of experience. As a relating our minds to causes and conditions and the main two principles to look at is the hindrances is are there hindrances in the mind right now or not and if the hindrances are not up right now then looking at the factors of awakening. You know, noticing them in action. Mindfulness. Interest, investigation. Energy. Joy. Tranquility. Collectiveness of mind and equanimity. The seven factors of awakening. The the whole reason, you know, why we are actually practicing is to cultivate those seven factors and enabling the mind to realize its greatest potential, its fullest potential, and. You know, equipping the mind with the capacity to really see through layers and layers of conditioning and so that clear seeing, vipassana, they tend to disintegrate, just evaporate. And there's an have a greater capacity to see clearly and to become that homo sapiens, that wise being. We can be. And when you're noticing that the mind wanders off into thinking about something, you know, wanting to add something, just 
just gently bring it back. There's no need. And then, you know, if the mind wants to say something, do something, just go underneath and looking at, you know, what's the state of mind, what's the feeling. And then often that is enough, that recognition of, you know, the aversion, fear, ever so slightly even only, but it, it you know, sends us out into thinking. That's the way how we deal with that excess energy. But we can also just gently acknowledge it and, you know, hold it like a, you'd hold a little baby which is crying, just holding it and it will just settle. And then through that settling, the energy is, you know, unravels. It's get freed up from these habitual ways of uh, exhausting it. And that gets, you know, can be become more and more addictive and... dependent on that uh, those ways of, of dealing with the energy and so slowly slowly weaning oneself off from those ha habits then through that you know the whole uh, the capacity expands the container expands the view expands the wave settling down.
So these four foundations of mindfulness are really, you know, that's the template of the meditation teaching the Buddha has, you know, left for us. And, you know, that uh, template in combination with uh, patient endurance, you know, that's like those two things, and the patient endurance and the package of the template of the Four Foundations of Mindfulness is the basic equipment for the path. It doesn't, you know, necessarily require a lot of intellectual capacity, but it has to, that patience and uh, thoroughness of coming back again and again to this framework of looking at our experience rather than being fascinated by the content of the experience, coming back to that structure, looking at the experience in terms of those four foundations rather than being completely swallowed up by the stories. There needs to be, you know, certain things need to be resolved, of course. In a human life, certain things need to be gone through, you know, developmental stages and maturing. And there can be a lot of accidents on the way and we need help. But then at one point, you know, it's good enough and then this kind of work starts of, you know, letting it all go. The difference between uh, needs and wants. And so if the mind is, you know, relatively settled now, at ease, maybe even a, like a settled joy in the mind, the still mind,
and using that joy in the mind to you know develop metta <coughs> in these days you know where there are so many people are at a loss what to make sense of all of this we are very fortunate to have a teaching which is actually able to make sense of all of this it doesn't make it easier in some ways but if we understand if there's some kind of sense we can make of all of this it's so much easier to be with it May all beings be happy. May all beings be free from harm and the intention to harm. can you know maybe have an image your inner eye an image maybe of a little baby or puppy or kitten or some sweet being or princess buttercup who we saw before and just a lovely little being and wishing that being may you be well May you be free from harm. And then just noticing, you know, that feeling in the heart. And this is the chitta. Just in the center of the upper body. And then with the in-breath, just uh, savoring that uh, noble emotion of metta and karuna. And with the out-breath, just letting it radiate out into space without any pressure, without any effort, just gently allowing it to radiate out as much as it likes.
really you know being conscious of that uh, wellspring and you know just through an image or a sentence we can activate that it's always available then allowing it to radiate out in front to one side behind and to the other side as well the front, above and below, metta and karuna, may all beings be happy, may all beings be free from harm and the intention to harm. just becoming aware of the spaciousness of that metta and karuna it's immeasurable goes out beyond the walls of this room beyond 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 throughout the whole universe And also it connects us all. And then just letting go of the metta and becoming aware of the spaciousness, the boundlessness of space. Making that the object now instead of the metta. Boundless space. The whole universe is there. 
the perception of boundless space. like a temporary liberation of the mind through immeasurable space. And then you're dropping that perception of space and being aware of that which knows the space. It's like making a U-turn. You know, turning to turning inside and being aware of the knowing, immeasurable or boundless consciousness. So you know, we're putting down the object of boundless space and just. Uh, subject being aware of itself or the subject taking itself as the object making a U-turn turning inside and being aware of the knowing and you don't need to think about this just allowing it to listen and allow the mind to do this This is that you know that speciality we have as Homo sapiens, that we can be aware of our mind. And this is why the human birth is considered so such a fortunate birth, because of that. being aware of the knowing knowing not as a noun but knowing as a verb so on any identification you know with I am this knowing or this is my knowing dropping that too dropping the ego it's just knowing doesn't belong to anyone just is
the temporary liberation of the mind through nothingness. No thingness. Then one can appreciate that energy in that mind state before it becomes anything, before it's a thought or anything else. So whenever the mind wants to formulate something, just letting, dropping it, letting it go. And through that uh, letting go, you know, we are weaning ourselves off that need to always comment on everything. making it more complicated than it needs to be. And in a few minutes, you know, we come to the end of the meditation. So, you know, even the most sublime temporary liberation of the mind has to come to an end at one point, and then we drop that too. reflecting on impermanence. Everything has a beginning, a middle and an end. Coming back to the body, 
the gravity sitting Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.